Hello, Hello, and welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an I. The podcast where we go through the entire filmography of Tony Collette. I'm Sam. I am Jake. And joining us today, we have a very special guest, Rhett Seaver. How are you? I'm very excited. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm excited to have you. And I'll explain that, how, why I'm so excited. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> for some background, Rhett hosted the very second open mic i ever went to in new york city oh my God, that's yeah awesome. the first one was awful and the second one was ruts and i immediately was like oh my god it's like everybody is just friends here i felt very safe doing terrible material <laughs> which was great uh cool. but also was surrounded by enough very very talented regulars at the mic that it made me want to improve my own comedy uh which we have yet to see if that's been paying <laughs> off but Regardless, welcome, Rhett. How are you? Cool. I'm I'm very good. Um, I, you know, probably seen this movie like ten times. Yes. And it's it's really excited exciting to talk about because, <laughs> um, I never thought I would be able. Well, it didn't even dawn on me it was possible you could do a podcast on what seems like an obscure movie. Oh, and yeah. so now it's like you guys are amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Red. Uh, <laughs> thank what's... you for loving this movie so much. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's your history with Tony Collette? Um, I probably with like most people saw her in The Sixth Sense first, and then, um, but like I got, I was obsessed with Friends. Now I'm kind of above it. No, I don't know. <laughs> no, but <Who> like, <laughs> no, but um. So then I would watch like you know any movie with the, those actors in it. So like that's why I wanted to see this one because it had Lisa Kudrow. Mm -hmm. But then on the back cover it says, w "But this was in like the early two thousands and it was at a grocery store and it was a VHS." Oh, just to be yeah. clear, today's oh. movie, if you didn't look oh. at the title of the episode, is Clock Watchers, which was released in nineteen ninety seven. Uh, it's about four temps at a credit company who become friends because all the permanent employees hate them. Okay, continue. <laughs> and Rhett so kindly brought the DVD case, <laughs> and it's in front of me. And I think we need to start doing that every week. If Definitely. we can find like a cheap If we can copy. find a DVD. <laughs> Of, uh, well, like Lillian's story. Just kidding. I'm never buying that movie. <laughs> I'm never buying that movie. Okay. Oh, right. So wait, this Clock Watchers DVD? On the back, it, it said, does for temps what Taxi Driver did for cabbies. And I'm like, okay, I'm definitely watching this because Taxi Driver is my favorite movie. Oh. And so <laughs> now it yeah. all makes sense. Yeah. And then it had Lisa Kudrow. And then I realized, like, oh, Parker Posey and Tony Klett are amazing too and and Alana Ubach is also yeah. amazing. Oh, she does such good work in this movie. Uh huh. But I just haven't seen her in a lot of other movies. Yeah, I, I feel bad. She for her does post have this. Like this <laughs> yeah. movie for her now is like, like they're all three way more like famous. Not important, but like, yeah, everybody's um, important. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I looked at her IMDb and she does do a lot of good work. I just haven't. That's awesome. Um, we should do a podcast about her. We should. I first of all want to take a moment to say that. I am a huge Lisa Kudrow fan. My history with her is that I think she's one of the most talented and hilarious like comedians mm -hmm. of our age. Oh, because you saw her as um, Valerie Cherish, right. right? I mean, I love Friends. Of course, Phoebe's my favorite mm. character. But then yeah. I saw the comeback on HBO. And have you seen the comeback? Yes. Oh, it's my God. It's so amazing. In part season two, funny. like 10 years later. Or something. Yeah, yeah. They like yeah. canceled it. And then the comeback had a comeback. And whatever. Everyone should yeah. watch it. It's an it, HBO They're show. both really good. She yeah. is so funny, um, and this character actually reminds me a lot of her character. So I'm because in this movie she's kind of playing an aspiring actress, and so f part of me, I think that she was like when she plays Valerie Cherish. Part of me was like I was thinking that she might have been like, oh, this is what it would have been, been like if like Paula had actually made it, because like <laughs> she says some of the same things. She has the same mannerisms in this part. She says. Right? And, you know, like every yeah. five seconds, which I love. And I was like, That's a great Lisa Gujo impression, by the way. <laughs> right? <laughs> she's on the, she's, no, she's in the podcast, true. actually. She, she's the secret guest. She just came out from under the oh, table. Oh, hey, Lisa Gujo. <laughs> how are you? I'm good. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was my spiel about her. And I think um, I was texting myself notes during the movie. Um, but what did I say first? Oh, no, those are notes from. 
something that I was wondering about at the beginning of the movie was there's mm. um, this, I guess, sort of, I was seeing it as a certain paranoia uh, on the end of Tony Collette's character where I wasn't sure if everybody was actually looking at her or if she just thought they were mm. because there's so many shots in the first 10 minutes of people just looking at her with disdain. And then, I mean, when she meets the rest of the temps and they're like, oh yeah, everybody hates us. I was like, oh, okay. Mm. But there is that one shot where like she's in the bathroom and somebody like peers out from the stall just to examine her. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot. Was that Cleo or that was at the beginning? Oh, it was Cleo at the very also. beginning. Yeah, oh, so Cleo it wasn't something else. It wasn't okay. Right. It, oh, so it's just a random um cuz I'm now I'm I forgot if that was like a recurring character if you see that person again or you don't. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. Part of me thought oh, okay. it was um Margaret. Yeah, I kind of thought oh, it was yeah, Parker Posey, right. but I wasn't sure. Also, right. Parker Posey, I know her name so well, but then I went on her Wikipedia page and I was like, I don't know who this is, but she's worked so much. Yeah, oh my God. I know that she's she was on Charmed, right? Oh, oh, was she so. like a, a, a? I have no idea. A guest star. I thought that she was like one of the sisters. No, because oh no, no, that's Alyssa Milano and Shannon Doherty and um, Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan. No, uh, no, yeah. the original. I for sure oh, thought one of the original it. three before Rose McGowan was on. Oh, did she come in later? Uh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. she replaced Shannon Doherty. Oh, wow. oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Is Shannon Doherty a bitch? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's actually Alyssa Milano. Oh, oh I, my God. I can kind of see that, I think, but she's very political now. Oh, right. She proposed she's always, the, like, uh, the sex strike on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. She was Estrada. Yeah, she was like, women should stop having sex until men let them have abortions. Yeah, why way to steal from Sophocles. I know. Come on. Plagiarist. Ugh. Oh yeah, because that's also the like the premise of like Chirac and that whole that mythology of the women. Liz Estrada. Or it's okay. actually been done a lot. Yeah, because yeah. you know you, you heard of Chirac, the Spike Lee movie? No. no. They do that in there too. Oh. Yeah. Alyssa. Anyway, yeah. I like her. Um, so then I wrote... At least, at least she's focusing her energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my notes is this movie invented The Office. Oh, yeah. Because it definitely did. Oh, okay. I feel like this movie... Yeah, it was pre-Office. Yeah, yeah this is probably the first time at least that I know of. Obviously, my I have a limited knowledge as, <clears throat> as people keep telling me listening to podcasts. Like, you don't know what... Like you don't know, my mom's like you oh, don't know who Rachel a, Griffiths is. Should oh, we do yeah. a corrections corner we have to for do a Rachel Griffiths? Real quick. We oh, said yeah. that we said that Rachel Griffiths <laughs> didn't really do anything after Muriel's wedding, which she did. Oh yeah, yeah my mom the, was like a big love. She's on no, not big. Six sorry, feet no. under. Six feet under. Yeah. My mom I was mixed like, up my HBO. Dare you? Yeah, six feet under. She's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it was six feet under erasure. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's kind of like with probably like Alana Ubach. She's in a lot of. Yeah, good stuff. It's just not maybe like the movie. We just haven't. Posey. There's and so I'm just much like, stuff you know. that I haven't seen personally. I mean, neither of us have ever seen a Star Wars movie. I've seen two. I've seen three of them. I saw the one with John <laughs> Boyega. That's the new. No, it's not new anymore. The it's Force not Awakens. <laughs> yeah, I've seen each one of the first three in each trilogy. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Let's anyway, talk about the, the movie. Because <laughs> I really, okay. I, I really, truly, I did enjoy this movie. Um, and I had a lot of. I don't want to say that I had fun watching it because it was such a stressful experience for me in the Mm. latter half. The sort of breaking down of every single character. Weird. I, 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 I weirdly like could not bear it as, (laughs) as, as the women started to like break apart from each other and, and as Parker Posey started like losing her mind, Mm -hmm. I, I just got so upset. It felt like watching the destruction of my own friend group where I was like, can can you just talk to each other? And I feel like every bad thing that happened to any of those women, I was like, oh my. like when they call, uh, when I keep wanting to call Parker Posey Rachel Griffiths now oh, that Margaret. you've mentioned I Rachel Griffiths I thought she was me. Fran Drescher when she first came on screen and then Ooh, I thought she was Courtney Cox and oh then I realized she was neither. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when yeah. Parker Posey calls Jane a freak at her engagement party. Yeah. I got so upset. I was like, don't talk about her that way. <laughs> but should we That's talk about funny. the characters real quick? <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, let's in, let's meet them. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, so this movie. All, yeah, the beginning. Yeah. 
Yeah, so <laughs> this movie is about uh, four times that are in office. Uh, there's Tony Collette. Who is the lead. Uh, who, who's the yeah. lead, who strangely doesn't do much. Like she, she doesn't speak much. The the the. It's such a great. Most choice. of her, yeah. most of her behavior in the movie is nonverbal. Yeah, she's yeah. very narrates a couple observant. Times. Yeah, yeah which she, I don't yeah. like. I liked the ending voiceover yeah. monologue, but in the beginning when she's like on the bus and it's like, I love my it. The, my <laughs> transformation started at eight fifty nine. I was like, that's kind of how a narration goes though, because it's like. It doesn't make sense till the end. You, it never does, so you have to kind of find a place to put it in, and like, why not put it on a bus? You know, <laughs> they should make a movie where like the narration is like someone, a podcast someone's listening to. Oh yeah, I just wrote that. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Oh, that's fun. Oh, that's that a, would such be a great funny, idea. Right? Like you record yourself. Yeah. Never mind. And then you could kind of <laughs> get in some exposition there. That's yeah. a that's a cool like exposition oh, yeah, but, like, ugh, I camouflage hate narration as exposition because it's not yeah. camouflage no, right. at all. It's so right. Obvious. But that's what yeah. I'm saying. As a, as a podcast, that's how you could mm-hmm. camouflage it. exactly. Yeah, if it was a podcast instead that's of being Tony, obvious. I think, oh, yeah. Tony, I think like wrote in her notebook a lot or something. Mm-hmm. Like, but she never yeah, said anything like, like I want to be a writer. She's, um, she was just she, writing. She's down. the uh, she's the Charlie of the movie. Charlie Bucket. No, from Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, oh, okay. the blurb Just describes like, her as a wallflower. Yeah, yeah. And here she comes again, Tony, who we love, doing the same thing we love, where she's just sitting so awkward. She bad played posture. so yeah. many timid characters in the '90s. I feel like for I, somebody who most of my exposure to yeah, her in her later yeah. work has been these uh, opposite, very yeah. yeah, like in the Sixth Sense, she's um, you know, like she's like. A, a fucking bitch in the best way like yeah. she gets it done and in like United States of Terror in Hereditary oh yeah but this is where I it comes that. and you know this as a, a former theater student Samantha is that <laughs> when you age into mom type that's all you're gonna be playing yeah and oh she, right and that and most mom roles are like, like shitty uh, well, no, some are, but like very much more like domineering than oh, like. Oh, interesting. Know. Then and she was. She I was think never that like I watch the... a lot of movies about youths. So right. as a youth myself, so the mom characters are pretty much just there to um, provide an obstacle for the right. plot. So it's always like, uh, like this is what we have to but get through. But with Tony, to... it's like she was never. It seems to me now, based on her. She's early like career, mom protagonist. She now. was never like the ingenue of a movie she was always going to be the timid weird one oh yeah because of like what she played in even then, muriel's wedding is a subversion yeah, of yeah. The i just realized mm-hmm. that maybe she was typecast because of because muriel's wedding was such a big hit that oh yeah. so many of star. her so oh. many of her movies was... in the 90s are just like muriel in a mental institution like yeah, muriel, muriel as, in victorian england <laughs> <laughs> and then in the Paul Bear, I have no idea why she was in that movie, but I liked it. Oh, she's really cool in the Paul Bear. She like smokes cigarettes and has like a short hair. The swimmer and... one. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. But that's also her in um, the like the Paul Bear character is basically her in Cosi. Oh but yeah. But just not Australian and in a mental <laughs> institution. Yeah, that's true. And then we have. I love that we have a backlog now. Then we have Emma, where she plays this character. She plays Muriel. She plays Muriel slash. Clockwork, Clockwatcher. What's her <laughs> name? Oh, Iris. Clockwalker or Iris? Iris. Which is my favorite flower. Shout out. Okay. Oh, and Iris. Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't know Iris was a flower. I just knew <laughs> that it was a song by the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so Tony Collette. <laughs> okay, so Tony Collette plays Iris, a very very yeah. shy temp who doesn't want to be anything <clears throat> besides a temp. Her dad wants her to get a real job, and she's yeah. very. It seems like she's very afraid to grow up and mm-hmm. to take up space in the world. Then we have Parker Posey as Margaret, who is just more f- out there and flamboyant. She's a free spirit. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. very funny. She likes to play jokes a lot, but she also yeah. takes things very, very personally and gets very intense. Yes. Yeah. Then there's Lisa Kudrow as Paula, a.k.a. Camille Laplante, yes. as her <laughs> stage name is, uh, who's an aspiring actress who loves men and just wants to And kind of seems like aloof, man. but not in a yeah. bad way. Yeah. But yeah, she's the a first little, time we um, see her, we see her first, and then they, she just walks into the Tony walks into the coffee room, and then oh yeah, she's always trying just to like, I, yeah. I'm doing hand mov- movements right she's now. She's just like <laughs> dancing, she's dancing but not and dancing. talking. Yeah, about she wants machine. to get attention from the repair guy. It's yeah. hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there is Jane, mm-hmm. um, played by Alana Ubak, 
who is engaged to a guy who we only ever see in a car and she has and OCD. Here, yeah. It's never really said, but she definitely has oh, OCD. Oh, I loved that moment when she had the OCD at the yeah. mailbox. Jane has to mail a letter before the girls go out for a night on the town. Yeah. And she puts it in the <laughs> mailbox and then keeps opening the mailbox like five different times to check to make sure that it's in there. And the rest of the girls kind of walk on without her, as Margaret says to Iris. She has this checking thing. It's a bit much. <laughs> yeah, I've um, I've done that with mailboxes. I've one hundred percent done that with like um, I have OCD myself. Um, <laughs> and I'm a and Me too. it's under uh, <laughs> it's, serious. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Are you on anything for it? No, but like, I so I. Like, for example, with my DVDs and Blu-rays and everything. So they're on a shelf, and they have to be flush with the edge of the shelf. And in order, in a certain order, they're in order by, like, director and then, like, oldest to newest directors. Yeah. Love that. (laughs) I I believe I am OCD, too. My therapist thinks I am. My old therapist thought I was, but I am not diagnosed, so I cannot confirm or deny that I have. I got diagnosed with OCD um, a couple, a few years back. Uh, my big thing was checking as well, but it was mostly checking to make sure that all the doors in my house were locked before mm-hmm. I went to bed oh, okay. and that all the windows were locked as well. And okay. uh, my brother has this thing where he has to check to make sure the stove is off every night before he goes to sleep. It sounds okay. like your house is covered, though, because you're all. Yeah, because we all have OCD, so we'll never yeah, die. Exactly. So yeah. you're like immortal. Very safe. Mm hmm. Yeah. The but, immortal uh, family. Yeah, but now I'm on uh, medication, and plus there's only one door leading into my apartment. Don't you so love that? I don't have to lock a lot of things. <laughs> New York apartments save, save brains. Definitely. <laughs> so actually, can I ask if there's a reason why that you have the OCD? or? Well, there will be um, – it runs in my family, okay. like very, very intensely. And when it comes to checking to make sure doors are locked and stuff, there will be a prevailing belief behind it but it most of the time does not hold up to examination i had a friend one time tell me about this like family in her hometown that these guys like broke in and like killed the family and burned down the house and it was because it was one of those small towns where everybody left their door unlocked um so that freaked me out but okay so it was at do you think it was after that that you started doing yeah, but okay. I would also, but I also was always very, um, like, uh, always thinking that people were going to try to kill me. I would, like, get off the bus if oh. a guy looked at me weird, oh, even if wow. he looked otherwise completely normal. It would be as much as, like, we accidentally made eye contact while we were both looking at a, a sign or yeah. something. So I had to uh, <laughs> wow. get on medication for that. And I would go into magical thinking a lot, which was, like, superstition basically i would walk past like a truck and think that could like topple over and kill me right now and then i'd be like oh well i thought it so it's going to happen it's not very interesting uh (laughs) but anyway so that was (laughs) why that that was why i related to the character of jane a lot especially when stuff starts going missing and she thinks that she blacked out and stole it all oh my god that was funny yeah that's no that's very i completely related to that there have definitely been times where i've been like like I'll pick up a pair of scissors and uh, I have another friend with OCD who does this as well. She'll be like, all right, don't stab anybody. Don't stab anybody. If I, if I stop thinking about how I shouldn't stab somebody, then I'll just accidentally stab somebody for sure. That belief that you're about (laughs) to just like topple into something terrible. Oh my God. My, my thing is I fear falling into a huge vat of razor blades. Oh it's like God. it's such an irrational thought, but yeah. like, doesn't it seem like the worst thing you could? Yes, that could happen to you falling into. Well, I'm a cutter, a so that sounds like of... my dream. Oh, jeez. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> it's such a struggle to get them outside of like the the blade outside of the razor itself. It's it like is. they're yeah. But anyway, yeah, I need to change which, my razor um, blades. Which of the temps do we all identify with? Because I already oh, know I that think, I'm Jane. I think I'm kind of a little bit of all of them. It's so That's weird. That's what I As... thought. It was very Sex and City. Mm. <laughs> but I guess. Who do well, we all feel like oh, this Oh, do week? you know what's so weird? It's it's different parts of. Each of the characters is like a different part of my life. Like when I was younger, it was um, Iris, like very shy mm. and withdrawn, not really, um, you know, 
making trying to make friends with people because I just think I'm very self-conscious and everything and then like well and so now I kind of re- relate to Lisa Kudrow kind of trying to do comedy but still have my my day job you know mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah, that whole true. thing um and then I guess like I guess with like not wanting to be in a relationship I I um identify with the J- Jane character and then like I do have my weird Margaret moments yeah you know yeah. like I think that we all have our Margaret yeah <laughs> yeah really don't we've I all really like left jobs in a oh, you fit don't. of anger no I don't relate to her um at all I feel no. like you're you not know, a rebel. You know, but you like, feel like you know Margaret's that you're not right mm. And there's like one Hogwarts house that you're not, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Margaret is my Hogwarts house that I'm not. Oh, you're not Slytherin? No, I'm not Hufflepuff. Oh, Hufflepuff. Mm. Okay. They're hardworking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So Margaret's Hufflepuff. Well, that's a little Wait, bit of no, a rebel. Not. Being not hardworking no. is somewhat of a rebel. No, I'm just lazy. I, I think feel Mar- bad about not. Because I think hardworking. Margaret's kind of lazy, right? Like she doesn't do anything. Yeah, no, she. Well, they all kind of. Her, I feel like her yeah. sort of fatal. Joke. Her sort of fatal flaw on for Margaret is that she expects to be rewarded for not really doing Elitism. anything. Yeah. Yeah. White privilege. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I that's how I, that's why I relate to Iris is because like I love to not do anything at work but I feel so bad about it. Yeah, <laughs> I like, couldn't get away with that no, at my job. And I had a I, question. I wish for, I had a job for you, Sam, um, who have tempt. I am, and a you temp. are a temp. Did this movie? I felt watching it. I was like, "Is this too much for Sam to watch?" Because it is oh, so relatable for yeah. you. I'm sure. Well, I was the only temp <laughs> at my job, oh, and no. it was um, in, in in the sense that I've definitely had jobs before where I think that the I think that the biggest issue with temping is that in any job your bosses aren't really going to trust you for the first like month that you're there. So oh, there's course. a sort of micromanagement that goes on with that. You also and have being, no like real responsibility. Yeah. And being a temp is like being at the first month of a job like forever. Mm. Um, oh, right. So you never really. So it must be easier to be like someone kind of like Margaret was like more extroverted. Definitely. Or, like um, Definitely. tell me what to do. Like because I could never do that. Yeah. It's, but I um, would love to like just staple things all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, that that goes no, into they're my like thought. Tasks yeah. are very yeah. similar to what I've done. Oh, as I'm a sure. Temp. Oh yeah, because like I think also why I love this movie so much is that I did have that dream of because I grew up on a farm, and it was hard work, <laughs> and it sucked. Are you a Hufflepuff? I well, I was forced. Oh, because <laughs> I was in the middle of se- seven kids. The younger ones, you know, got away with playing and. And whatever the older ones were like, oh, I have to go drive somewhere. So then I was, <laughs> I was stuck doing all the chores. Of oh course, my God. I thought my dream was working in an office, and turns turns out it's not. <laughs> Thank God. But um, because you know, I didn't. I thought it was easy, and you don't have to. You, you know, just lifting paper is way easier yeah. than lifting a bale of hay. So I, <laughs> so that's why I thought like, oh my God, like working in an office. That's not work. It's like easy. Because, like, one time I went into work and um, Arlene behind the desk, um, she had asked me to, like, get her papers. And I'm like, Arlene, I didn't, I'm I'm not checked in yet. Like, this is before my time. Like, what are you doing? And then she completely took me seriously. Because, like, that's how I joke with people. I act very serious. And I'm like, Arlene, I'm kidding. I I grew up on a farm and this is easy. (laughs) I'll get the fucking paper. It's not a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because, like, that's how I felt. Like, it was such easy great work you know and that's when i was new but then like i realized with these freaking office jobs that your bosses abuse power and that's what happened at my last job and so that's what that's what made me realize i should look up the rules to my retirement (laughs) (laughs) i've never actually worked in like a traditional office setting okay <laughs> Sorry, you worked Bless as you. Um, um, a, a church secretary. I did actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I filled in for my mom's church secretary because my mom okay. was a pastor. Okay. Um, so that was fun. I did that for a month. Thank you for remembering that. Have you been looking at my <laughs> resume? No, yeah. I did. Um, I did work in the school and my college's library. Oh my god! That's and then right. I also did my college's phonathon, uh, which is a very um, 
hard experience. Yeah, it was just calling up alumni for donations. For donations, and we even had to call ones that, like, had just graduated, and they'd be like, why the fuck would I give you money? And it was very hard and damaging. So I I spent most of my time not doing that and just, like, talking to people. Like, I would sit at the desk, because we came in after school, like, after work hours, and we would sit at the desks of all the actual people who worked for the school, and, like, I sat at, like, the chairwoman's desk, and I, like, did nothing. <laughs> and then, I'm sorry, Michael and Amanda, my supervisors, they don't work there anymore, though. They're listening to this, um, though. They're listening to this, yeah. for sure. Um, no, but phone-a-thon. It's a great job, though. It's so easy. Work for your school's phone-a-thon. But also work in the okay. library. That's but, cool. Uh, anyway, I wrote phone-a-thon in my notes, so we had to talk about yeah. it. Okay. But, so, I guess in the plot, the four gals become friends they dick around they go out they get tarot readings that's fun oh i really liked about that was that the psychic was like a a real person when she gives advice to iris it looks like she's just going off of iris's like body language she seemed to be very invested in making sure that iris like stood out um it led into this really interesting like she tells her to not tiptoe through life yeah and then there's this weird asmr moment where tony's like holding up this nameplate of the person whose desk she's sitting at and like tapping it and whispering don't tiptoe through. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah 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 and then the lady at her desk she also has a seashell and she's always listening to like the seashell for fun at work yeah i like i related to that i'm a water sign um, something else that I liked was there was um, a scene where they're at the buffet and a guy approaches them. Oh, uh, yeah. He says, those wings are hot, just so you know. And Parker Posey is like, oh, yeah, is very sarcastic and sassy with him. And the girls all run off like in a cloud of smoke laughing at him. And then like a minute later, the same thing happens to Lisa Kudrow uh-huh. is she approaches the guy at the table with his friends and is like, hey, like, I'd like to. Like, they flirt a little bit at the buffet table, and yeah. then, like, a minute later, she goes over to his table with his friends and is like, hey, like, I'll see you later. Uh, and as she's walking back, the guys all start laughing at her, and Parker Posey gets very mad. Mm-hmm. And she's mm-hmm. like, they're laughing at her. Fuck this. And she and they, like, gather their things and, um, like, you know, escort her out. And I was wondering, I guess, what the purpose of um, that symmetry was supposed to be. Because it's like the girls all laugh at the guy and then the guys all laugh at Lisa Kudrow. Mm -hmm. Because we're not really supposed to sympathize with that. Well, I guess because it's revealed later on that he's a jerk. So him um, like laughing at. Yeah, I mean. Hmm. I feel like it's this idea of who we're supposed to root for in the movie it, um, yeah, I mean, it's skewed already because we know these people aren't doing their jobs. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like a credit company, so it's like, who cares? Yeah. And then yeah. it's like, I don't know, they're all not really great people, but it's more about, like, the mundaneness of it all. Like, and I that's think that what, what we're I love supposed, about it. I <laughs> think that even, like, I think that what we're supposed to take away from that scene isn't necessarily that, like, these people shouldn't be laughed at. It's not about the morality of laughing at somebody it's about the um solidarity that the women have yes the idea that they Us you know that world. Uh, yeah. Es- yeah escort lisa kudra out of there and it's like it's okay because they have each other and mm-hmm. in a sense like it's okay that they had left at that guy before because he got to go back to his friends it's it, it, it's like the friends's responsibility to take care of each other right. and i think that mm-hmm. part of iris's journey is finding herself in a community for once Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. her job in general isn't that community her father isn't representing a a sort of supportive figure that's listening to her and knowing what she needs right she is it's about what he wants yeah yeah she's getting that social support from that group of people for the first time in any history that has been established for her character in that movie yeah yeah that's true. I mean, she doesn't, she, like, comes out of her shell, I would say, but not really, like, like, at the end, she starts wearing, like, red lipstick. Yeah. But I think that's as yeah, far as it like, goes. Yeah, it's, like, the subtle ways that the friends influenced her. It's, but, but, but that's guess, what yeah. is so great and realistic about the movie. It's such, 
a realistic movie, mm. but at the same time, like the dark comedy moments, like are so great because they're not over the top. Yeah. They're very, yeah. they're very like realistic, subtle moments that make fun of life, but at the same time, don't take you out of the reality of the movie. That's it's, true. It, that's like this is one oh. of the only movies I've seen. A lot of movies like. This is one of the only movies that really does that, like, really brilliantly. Yeah, what I like about it is that it's a comedy where the main characters themselves are the butt of the joke, but mm -hmm. you're not supposed yeah. to lose affection for the characters. Right, and I think yeah. it's just an interesting, like, it, from the opening shot, really, it's just, like, it sells this whole aesthetic. Like, it's, like, The Office, or it's, like, something similar yeah. where it's just, like, nothing matters besides what we do in this building like this is your job it's a job movie it's like yeah. you know how you yeah, go to your and job and i don't even and it's know like if they tell you that like the city they're in or no. I oh think, yeah and, and they don't i was and, listening for yeah that. that's like i think the point is that it can be any city you go to your job that's and usually like, what writers do that's is, your environment yeah, yeah. yeah if, they, if they don't specify the city or anything it's because it's, it's, it's about, really yeah. about everybody and really that is what they're saying is that it's just like <clears throat> you know the filmmakers reflecting life back at the audience and saying like kind of it kind of is um summed up in that one line don't tiptoe through life I, mm -hmm. is basically i think like the the le quote unquote lesson of the movie if if you're going to reduce a great movie down to a lesson yeah. but like you know um i think that's kind of like just basically what they're doing is it's like i don't know one of like a one of the great examples I've seen of, you know, a movie doing that. And yeah, it's I, awesome. I think it's like, it's so interesting. Because, well, basically, just real quick to tell our listeners, the basic kind of narrative real quick is just that there's like an office thief. Yes. No one knows who it is. Oh, and yeah. At it's a certain heavily point, implied to be Parker Posey. But it's also heavily implied yeah. to be all of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like a even, whodunit. Even Tony, yeah. like, as the lead, you don't really know a lot about her. And, like, she deliberately yeah. takes like like the little monkey she steals from the cocktail trinket from the buffet bar she like yes you know she like lingers looking at like the the guy who likes the office supplies like his twine ball or whatever yeah. um yeah. but but lisa like, kudrow is stealing from the mall yeah 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 yeah, and yeah. she's the alice or changing, of the movie changing the price tags have you ever ever oh, changed yeah. the price tags brandon jake's boyfriend worked at urban outfitters what Brandon noticed was that every time he said that to somebody, they would immediately tell him about all the different ways that they had shoplifted from the store. <laughs> so I just remembered yeah. specifically one girl from our acting class telling him that she had like switched price tags and he was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Now I know, I know what to look for. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I think it's, I mean, everyone's shoplifted a little bit. I definitely did, I must admit. I shoplifted a lot. I think it was my way of, like, dealing with, like, you know, like, growing up Mormon and, like, oppressed and everything. And that was, like, my way of acting out to myself is, like, I'm, like, I don't fucking care anymore. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's kind of, like, but, like, that's even when I was, like, you know, a very shy well, I was very shy till I was 27. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. But, um, you know, I definitely was Iris. So like, was Tony Collette. Yeah. True. Oh, you mean the act, the real person, I'm just, the I'm actress, just or you mean the the character? Both. She is all. Oh, her really? Characters. Our next actress is Winona Ryder. Oh my God. Um. Oh, you mean the, the yeah. next? You no, mean, that was a shoplifting joke. Oh, I thought you meant like a whole podcast on Winona Ryder movies. Yeah, we but do it does um, it it does strike me as. I guess what didn't occur to me while I was watching this movie that I saw being um, it was credited online on like Letterboxd and stuff oh, okay. as like this anti-capitalist film about how the workforce is evil, <laughs> which I didn't, which <laughs> I didn't, funny. I, I, I didn't super see it during the film. But when I think about it, the idea that the workplace theft is what drives the whole group of friends apart. Mm -hmm. This idea that like this, this stuff that doesn't really matter, like pencils and like one shoe and a paperweight and all this stuff, mm -hmm. that that is creating such conflict within the office, interpersonal conflict, and that their bosses are bringing 
are, are kind of making it personal, bringing everybody into the office, the cubicle yeah. walls. taking down the cubicle walls yeah. and saying like, well, we're all a family here, which I mean, yeah. I've read on enough advice columns to know <laughs> that if a boss ever says we're a no. family here, you do not work there. And you do not talk <laughs> a red to your flag. manager or boss ever about your personal life. At oh, all, never, ever, use it ever. against you. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I never even thought about, about that, but I My never have done it My boss is always anyway. doing it. She's always talking to me about her life, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think that, because, like, well, because, like, I, I refuse to, like, believe that, like, there's a closet. And so, like, I I don't know. I never, I mean, there's the whole, like, in, in the closet, outside of the closet. But, like, at work, you know, what i guess everybody's in the closet because you shouldn't talk about the per you, you know it's your sexual orientation at work right it's weird but yeah. then like, there's there was this lady i worked with who kept like talking to me in this way where it's like i think she's trying to like find out you know like you know my orientation but it's like it's yeah. just i've it's definitely just weird like i think that it's i'm different. not in the closet Basic. i'm just yeah. not gonna talk to my about my personal life like I think that it's a definitely a <laughs> different know, strokes for a different folks type thing. Yeah. Like yeah. I've never really felt um, emboldened to mention my dating life at work, but I've also never been in a long-term relationship. <laughs> so okay. if it was yeah. a simple thing, it's like, what did you do over the weekend? If somebody is feeling compelled to say like, oh, well, me and my friend right. <laughs> went to Fire Island. That's funny. Then <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, and that's the thing is some people can't really – ever exist in a closet because just how they present is um, not everybody knows that they're gay or yeah or queer or or you know uh, non-binary or whatever so i mean i you know that's a certain privilege in its own sense but um i don't know i think yeah end of the day your personal life people at work being invasive and that's the thing is some people think work is more of their life than their life than it is and I'm not mad at people who, like, fully exist at their job because you need to do what you need to do. And also, if you're not getting a lot of social interaction apart from your job, yeah. I totally get it. It also depends on what the job is. If it's, like, something super corporate and, like, official <clears throat> or government, maybe you don't share stuff. Like, I work in a restaurant. Like, I shoot the shit. I complain about my job all the time. We all hate it. Blah, blah, blah. I was in retail. I don't know. It just depends on who it is. But yeah, I think that there's so many different kinds of jobs, and I think that the the fatal flaw of the company in this movie, not in a storytelling sense, just the sense of like, um, this is why the company sucks to work for, <laughs> is that they're sort of demanding this personal investment from their temps and yeah. not giving them the same level of investment in return. It's like, you know, yeah. what, what Parker Posey says when she gets fired. She says, you can't fire me. You don't even know my name. It's mm-hmm. like this company is just wreaking havoc on all of their yeah. lives and not really giving them anything beyond a paycheck. And But at the same time, like when they fire her for supposedly being the thief um, and none of her friends stand up for her. And I was like, that's a sad moment in the story. But at the same time, I feel like yeah, they had been friends outside of work so that is a little Mm. bit different but i think don't you just like kind of relate to like when there's like a fire burning and it's not related to you at all at work yeah and you're just like standing by going sucks to suck sorry like dark (laughs) conversations we had like three times but yeah and it's also like they can't exact like i'm curious as to how they should have stood up for her right i mean i mean (laughs) what tony could have been iris could have been like oh my god (laughs) i also we both have the same cocktail trinket. She's not the thief. <laughs> yeah, like there, there yeah. wasn't really any room for yeah. that. But I know. I guess they, I, I, yeah. I guess the more significant betrayal was when none of them went on strike. Yeah, that's true. But like, why would you go on strike? As yeah, a temp? it's not a it's it's not a great strategy, and I'm definitely not the sort of friend who will go along with somebody's dumb strategy for the <laughs> yeah. purpose of preserving the friendship. Yeah. Like, I would be like, yeah. no, like, I'm going to go well, to work. Like, I want to get some money, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. that's just the world we live in. It also depends on your financial um, situation. situation yeah. Yeah, and then also, but, like, right, like, when she goes back to the desk to, to find the monkey or whatever, mm-hmm. to, to prove to herself or whatever, but, like, then it, like, when maybe my, like, only criticism of the movie is then it's, like, well, then it just, like, looks like her stealing something 
but then is anybody gonna say that it it just looks like she's stealing something randomly you know what I yeah. just like I little things that, like that bug me I think that like, that moment just serves know. to uh, cement the similarities right. between right. Margaret yeah. and Iris where it's like yeah. Iris like you have forsaken Margaret even though you two are cut yeah. from the same cloth right. that sort of thing and then she feels bad it's like she feels like she betrayed a sister in a sense yeah. I also yeah. like the fact that Margaret's craziness um like starts out funny but becomes much more troubling she's not just a straight up comedy character the entire True. time yeah, um that's because there so were because yeah. there were definitely like behaviors of hers in the beginning of the movie where i was like oh this seems like a little bit of a red flag for the future uh-huh. um just her sort of it <laughs> yeah, seems yeah. like she's not connected to the job at all in the sense that she's joking around with her coworkers, n- just kind of laughing at them not really with them it's like she it it, it's like she's behaving as if her actions aren't going to have an effect on her actual life. So I like that mm-hmm. that came to fruition yeah. later on. I actually want to say something kind of new here where I actually do want some of our listeners to watch this movie, which I haven't <laughs> said before. <laughs> That's um, so pause and skip ahead if you don't want spoilers. But real quick, I'm going to spoil like the ending. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, Like an element because there is a mystery involved. Oh, kinda. yeah. So. Anyway, pause it. <laughs> no, okay, so I have a couple questions. First, did Lisa Kudrow get an abortion? I don't I th- think so. I think that she just happened to not be pregnant. Okay. Yeah, I think it was like a but close what was call. What the point of that moment, though? I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know. I really know. appreciated it, though, because um, it was right, like, right. I was like, oh, this, I've never actually seen her in a movie where it's anything but like a straight up comedy so I was like oh my god she might be pregnant and like she's stressed about it yeah I think that there would have been more suggested if she had gotten actually it's funny I um I thought I remembered it more as like she just is trying to get attention or something that's kind of Mm. what I thought like the the, the sense that she's the sort of person who's like one day late on her period and she's like oh I'm pregnant right yeah she's just a dramatic actress like yeah I've definitely had that roommate oh what was up with that scene on the fear when Tony Collette is not able to interpret her fearful expression on the bus oh that's hilarious it's so it's so funny but I was like why fear yeah, Fear, yeah, yeah, but I was like, why doesn't Iris get that? No, because she, so it she's acting like... out emotions, and she does happy, sad, angry, yeah. and then Tony goes, oh, happy, sad. She guesses them, and yeah. they're right. in public I mean, transit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you could read into it and say, like, since Iris is, like, a very fearful person in her life, then... Um, she can't understand fear because she's always living in fear. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I don't that know. would be good. I also kind of just think it was a really dumb. No, joke, no, it was just but a really, really funny, funny joke. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, do we want to oh. move on to awards? Well, real quick, one oh, more yeah. spoiler thing. Okay. What the fuck is up with Cleo? Oh yeah. Oh my God, that's yeah. Th- I definitely wanted to talk about Cleo. I guess I can in my awards. Yeah. Um, we can I, give I, an I can, award to Cleo. I can. Um, okay. Oh, sh- are we doing awards later? No, we're doing awards, we'll do awards now. now, I think. Okay. okay. Uh, so uh, here on the Tony Awards, we give three awards to each movie. We've got Best Prop, Best Tony Moment, and a custom award uh, designed to our own specifications. It's a different award each week. So, Jake, what was your best prop for Clock Watchers? I had a best prop montage. Oh, cool. For mm. when this... <laughs> so early... Early, I like it about a third of the way in the movie. There's a scene where they're all so bored at work, and Tony's listening to the shell. And I was like, oh, my God, best prop shell. And I was like, is everyone going to pick the shell? But then it cuts to this guy uh, stacking markers together, like highlighters. And yeah. it's like Jane's in a chair. And she, oh, we haven't even talked about how good Jamie Kennedy is in this movie, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's who right. As, as the mailroom guy who, um, oh, yeah. that's who, that who, is? Yeah, who like Kennedy. talks way too close to Jane. Yes. He's a documentary heckler that's very recommended. Oh anyway, my god. Anyway. I, I, I I love him in this movie. Yeah. Okay, continue. Sorry. Um and then like Jane's lowering herself in an office chair and I just thought that yeah. all the props the props in this movie were so deliberate and yeah. so important all of them. Yeah. So yeah. that's my best prop. Cool. All of them. Uh <laughs> Rhett, what was your best prop? Um, the neon monkey garnish. That mm. was just my favorite thing because it always pops out for me in this movie. It symbolizes like, the connection between yeah. Margaret and Iris. Yeah, and then also it reminds me of that like whole capitalist thing you were talking about, that, that thing you read, because I kind of see it as like 
the like the um the stealing of or you know people wondering who stole everything um is kind of like symbolic for like the power because like what you were saying with um you know they don't think the whole power dynamics of a job where you know like you just get like you don't get paid enough and and all that kind of thing like those capitalist ideas you were talking about before where but and so like people stealing a little bit of something where right it's like all these stupid like things that aren't worth anything but like it's a symbol i think symbolic of like taking back a little power yeah i think and and then them making a big deal about it you know stealing a paper clip or whatever is them you know them trying to reinsert their power like no like you can't steal a paper clip but meaning no you have to do what i say Mm -hmm. and you know that whole thing it's like i think that's very true symbolism of um, power i think yeah my favorite prop was the photo booth picture of all of them with the post-it frame uh i thought that it was symbolic of because the post-its come from the office obviously they're (laughs) they're all trapped in this office and also but the real reason was just that it was really cute and i thought that the frame itself was really cute uh the like little pattern yeah i didn't even notice frame that post-it frame yeah Yeah. and like one edge is longer Uh uh-huh yeah yeah (laughs) it's like i know that that bugged me because like oh no i i i I was like that's cool artistic uh so what uh (laughs) what was your favorite tony moment um i think the fire lunch with cleo and then she like imitates her like 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 nibbling oh. on the thing, and just making fun of her and just j- being mad at her. That and that's a weird. Moment. I know, like like starting the, what was it? Her, her like diary on fire. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> in the ju- middle of the yeah it, yeah it's so just brilliant. Yeah, like that is just such a weird, cool um, yeah. moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, what about you? My best Tony mom is, um, what did I? Is when she makes cupcakes for her friends. And oh, it's really yeah. Cute. Oh and then and she's she sprinkling one. them. Yeah, yeah. And then she gets off the bus and she drops one on the ground. Yeah. And then she's like, whatever. And then she, I was thinking about that, too. It cuts to her at the lunchroom and they're all eating them and they're like, so good. And she's they're like, where's yours? And she goes, I ate it already. And then she like wipes a tear away almost. <laughs> it's so she like wipes her eye and it's very cute. Aww. And I love Tone to Tone to Oh right! I think she, it's just like a tick. She's just scratching. That's what I thought. I interpret it, it as a tear. <laughs> oh right! I'm and, a dramatic. But they they like but they just play it off as like oh it itches a little. Yeah, I love That's that. That's interesting. Yeah, my favorite Tony moment was at the first temp lunch, um, when Jane is talking about her fiance and she shows Tony the necklace that he got her, and Tony just sort of grimaces. <laughs> Oh yeah, and it's just like, oh, it looks nice. I thought that that was oh, oh right because they know that he's sassy. an asshole and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is even before Tony knows that he's yeah. an asshole. She just thinks that the necklace is ugly, which I really appreciate. Oh, that's funny. All right. Yeah. Uh, what is the custom award? My custom award. Uh, I had to give it away to best costuming, specifically for the plastic bag that Parker Posey <gasps> uses as a hat in one yes. scene, but also Parker oh. Posey's bow tie in the next scene. And oh, Tony's okay. jacket that has a bunch of sunflowers all over it. Oh my god! Shout oh yeah, out that's to right. Also, real quick shout out to Deborah Jo Ruff being in the movie as well. Oh, oh yeah, Kitty Foreman, Kitty Foreman from that seventies show. show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she does great work. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of cool like yeah. like the guy who plays her dad, Paul Dooley's, in a lot of Robert Altman movies. If you're a Robert Altman fan, um, the the editor worked a lot with Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> and the guy <laughs> and in the very kinda, first scene is on yeah. Scandal. I don't know his name though. Amazing. Oh, okay. That's cool. Uh, okay, Brett, what was your custom award? Mine goes to best autistic character, Cleo, because I fucking love Cleo. <laughs> Dude, that character is so cool. Like, I don't know. It's just, well, I, I don't know. I'm kind of on the spectrum, you know. I kind of get, like, her whole, like, trying to be invisible and silent thing, you know. She I used to be really like that. She doesn't really talk at all, does she, in the movie? No, I don't think at all. Yeah, I don't even I, know if she has a single line. I thought she was, like... Iris's shadow. And <laughs> Iris's pupil. Get it? Ooh. I never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like here, what did I write down for um oh like oh like how she would copycat them? Yeah. I and stuff. Um oh like she's wearing your sweater. 
Like mm. that is hilarious to oh, me because my I had four sisters. Thing. Yeah, I had four sisters, and they this is a big thing with girls. Is like you can't wear what the others wearing. Oh my God, no, you oh, didn't. Oh, I love it when I'm wearing <laughs> the same thing as somebody. I'm just like. I think that my friend Leah made a oh, post that went viral on Tumblr. That was like <laughs> the difference between movies and real life is that if two girls show up wearing the same dress at prom in a movie, they have to fight each uh-huh. other. Uh-huh. But if I see somebody wearing the same dress as me in real life, I'm just like, oh my God, hi, same dress. Do you realize we're wearing the same dress? Let's be friends. <laughs> Shout out to Leah for your health.tumblr.com. Anyway, Jake, what was your custom award? <laughs> All right. Um, I am going to give this film the HBO award for four female friends. <laughs> <laughs> Starring uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and Lena Dunham, and the only difference Reese is, oh my god! Except there's five in that. Ooh. I there's... love Big Little Lies. Watch Big Little Lies. I love Lies. Big Little Lies. Okay, now that we've reached the end of our show, I'm going to put everybody's Instagram and Twitter stuff in the okay. show notes. Maybe uh, but... one day we'll have enough time again to say it out loud. <laughs> well, I just don't want to have to spell our shit. Plus, I might yeah. be changing my Instagram name oh. soon. No one knows. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, well, anyway, uh, Rhett, do you have anything coming up that you want to plug? This is going to be released in about two weeks. Um, yeah, I'll be on the Comedy Fight Club um, like next Sunday. I think it's like June 28th or something, whatever the Sunday is <laughs> at the end of this month. Um, yeah, the Comedy Fight Club. I'll, and it's the last one at Lucky Jack's. So, Because mm. then they're moving to... Um, I think the, um, stand up, no, not stand. The stand. I think mm. they're going to the stand, and then um, you know you can check out my open mic every Saturday at four at the pit. Nice. Um, the pit attic. It's in like a small room where they murder people and stuff. <laughs> um, or it looks like that. And <laughs> just to clarify, yeah. um, it's very then, scary. You have to go um, up like a spiral staircase. Um, uh, yeah. Sam and Jake. I have an improv show tonight that you will have missed when yeah. you listen to this. So, uh, but you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, most of the time, we post our improv stuff to Instagram. Yeah, uh, a day or two before. And besides that, um, nothing really to plug. Follow us on Instagram at the Tony Awards. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, rate, I. review, and subscribe on iTunes. We if should get. You want. Let's like people should start like DMing us like feedback, not feedback, but like. Andy already DMs me feedback. But like people we don't know, please follow us and DM us uh, your thoughts. Strangers, on the yes, follow please. us. We would love to get internet stalked by yes. a creep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> oh, and then just send some... us like weird letters, like yeah, with please. uh yeah. made out of like um cut out newspaper letters uh yeah tony collette's face on the yeah on, on stamps please maybe. please she is the yeah. guys listen the point of this podcast is we just want attention <laughs> yep <laughs> just yeah. give us attention please and with that everybody have a great yeah. night bye bye see you